The following is a conversation with Dr. Wes Hendricks. Wes received his Doctor of Chiropractic degree from the University of Western States in Portland, Oregon in 2014. Wes is the founder of Rebuild Brand Company, which provides online programming working with coaches, competitors, and everyday athletes across the country. Wes and I have been friends since 2007 when we started James Fitzgerald's Big Dogs training blog and have competed in a handful of CrossFit competitions together over the years. Wes was a remote programming client of co-movements for a year and a half, and since then has repaid the favor of assisting me with his own advice and professional expertise. Today, we're going to try something brand new on the podcast, something I feel many of our listeners will benefit from. You're listening to the Co-Movement Gym Podcast, where we inspire people to move and live courageously. If you are enjoying this content, please support our sponsors in the description. I thank each and every one of you for being on this journey with us. Now, please enjoy the show. Folks, listen up. I want to take a brief moment and thank our podcast show sponsors, Lombardi Chiropractic, Native Path Supplements, and Redmond Life. Lombardi Chiropractic has been my personal chiropractor for 10 years and has kept my body strong and healthy. Native Path Supplements are used by numerous co-movement clients and our coaching team here at the facility. I highly recommend that you try their chocolate collagen peptides. I was made aware of Redmond Life by one of our trainers here at the facility. He recommended I try Relight Electrolyte Powder. This supplement has dramatically improved my afternoon energy levels and overall hydration. I'd like to thank these three companies for providing outstanding service and products that make our society healthier and more resilient. Mention the Co-Movement Gym Podcast when you call Lombardi Chiropractic, and not only will they treat you like family, they will provide a nice, enticing discount to all listeners. And use code COMO15, that's C-O-M-O-15, at checkout when shopping at nativepath.com or redmond.life and receive 15% off all your orders. Your support to our show sponsors assists in us paying for expenses and continuing to provide content we hope you all enjoy. All right, welcome back, Wes, to the show. How you doing, buddy? Second time on the Co-Movement Gym Podcast. I love it. I'm psyched to be back on. Yeah, man. So, uh, we're going to do something new today, and you're the first person I thought of with this. Uh, we got a, our listeners and um, fan base is, is growing, um, and I want to provide just some a really high-level um, education here with some of these episodes with learning how to do certain movements, right? And so today, I want to do a case study uh, with you with the muscle-up, the gymnastics rings muscle-up. So we're going to take a, a make-believe client that cannot do a chin up, but they've got good body composition. Okay. Meaning they don't have to lose 20, 30, 40 pounds. Um, and we're going to take that person, me and you all the way to being able to do a muscle up. Okay. So I know there are people listening to this that are either working on a muscle up or would love to achieve a muscle up. Um, this is the episode for you. You're going to get a shit ton of free advice here. Um, and, you know, the movements that we're going to be describing, 
I we're not going to be attaching video links, obviously, within the the exact episode we're doing now, but just YouTube them. All right. Like Wes has, we're going to link in our show description, a great YouTube channel or on Instagram, right? You're YouTube too, right? Uh, I've got YouTube with probably a few thousand videos. Every, oh, perfect. Everything that we reference, it's probably searchable on my YouTube. Okay. All right. Cool. And same thing with co-movements page. We have maybe 250 videos, but yeah, your, your okay. stuff is awesome. So between the two, the stuff that we reference today, don't get frustrated to say, oh, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of it. Just simply search it um, and you'll get a good, good explanation. So all right, let's kick this off. Um, let's go uh, base level, um, getting this person into their first uh, chin up or multiple chin up. So where would you start this person, Wes? So I just want to point something out. I like that when you introed it, you said a person with good body comp. That's like the 2022 politically correct way to say they're not fat. Yeah. I, I just had a, I had a good chuckle at that. I was like, oh, Josh is so smooth with everything he says. Well, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So, and the reason I wanted to put that out there, and again, like no matter where someone's starting, if you have to lose 30, 40 pounds, right, your efforts should be focused oh gosh, on yeah. nutrition, lifestyle, cooking, grocery shopping, and also exercise, but not chasing a muscle up, right? Yeah. Um, because we see this in in with our facility, and I'm sure you've seen it many times, where someone will come in with a, like this audacious goal of like a handstand push up, you know, and it's like, well, we have to do 15 things prior to to getting there. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. So if that's someone listening, um, food, you know, nutrition, lifestyle, the whole deal. Um, all right. So step one, where are you starting with this person, Wes? So with the chin up, what I always like to do with like a beginner coming in, I want to solidify the starting and the ending position prior to working through a range of motion. So from my perspective, you know, the starting position is going to be a dead passive hang, but then I want to be working on those hanging scapular retractions that I know you're super familiar with. Um, you know, cause the scapula that's going to initiate the movement. That's going to, I don't want to say propel us up, but it, it starts the movement where then you can break at the arm. So you want to have a solid foundation of what those scapula mechanics are of that, you know, downward depression of the shoulder blades. Um, cause there's something like 17 muscles attached to those scapula that's going to assist in the, the chin up. Um, and then with those hanging scapular retractions, you're also going to get, you know, good grip strength going on there and everyone can benefit from improving their grip strength. So that to me is the starting position. Um, then the, the ending position is going to be the top, you know, technically the ending position is also hanging, but we're going to say it's the top of the rep. Um, so for me, that's going to be a, a chest to bar chin up. And I, I like to start people with chin ups. I mean, I don't know if we specified in the beginning chin up or pull up. Um, but from my perspective, I like chin-ups and I've taken, you know, people that didn't have chin-ups or pull-ups. I did chin-ups and then we started working on muscle-ups with never even doing the pronated hand position. And we could probably get into that later too. Um, but the ending position is a chest to bar chin-up at the top. So palms facing you, ideally the chest, um, and you're just holding the top position. So kind of what people are familiar with, you know, from those fitness tests in gym, um, you know, and ideally the chest is making contact with the bar. And I like to start there with the chest to the bar, as opposed to like a negative or something, because it's an isometric position. So we're holding the top. So especially for people that are, are new or unfamiliar with this movement or, you know, loading that much weight onto their upper body, um, it's a safer position, uh, because it's, 
we're holding it. It's an isometric. So there is no sliding of tissue surfaces. There's no real joint shearing. So we're going to reduce our likelihood of inflammation occurring. So we're not going to piss off the shoulders or, you know, piss off the elbows where we could end up with some sort of tendonitis. So it really sets ourselves up for success and strengthens the, the right areas to build a good foundation for more advanced movements later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you summarize two movements there for, for the beginner, the scapular hanging, um, depression or, or retraction. Um, so you can look that up on YouTube. So you're going to type in the hanging scapular depression or hanging scapular. Um, how would you word that Wes? You know, it's fu- as you were saying that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the depression is way more of a, it's way more important to me, yes. but I've always, I've always called them hanging scapular attractions. And as I'm thinking that I'm like, holy shit, I should be calling them hanging scapular. <laughs> but I've always titled my videos. So hanging scapular attraction, you could find something on YouTube, but I think you just changed my world right there. I'm going to have to focus on titling it depression. Sure. Yeah. Cause you can get, you can go depression into retraction, yes. just depression <laughs> or just retraction, I guess, at some level, but either one of those, they can find it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I love, love, love that recommendation with a client stepping off a box or a platform into a chest to bar, um, chin up hold at the top. Um, we have people here that'll need a band for that, right. With their feet or their knees to be able to hold that position for sure, especially chest to bar. Um, but those are really, really good starting positions for people. Um, very weak with most people, um, especially people that all they did was like kipping pull-ups. <laughs> um, those two movements generally are pretty weak. And so um, for people listening, take note. My opinion on this in the very beginning, I like to introduce them to some level of a ring row. They can do elevated feet or not. And again, depending on where they are. You can do weighted ring rows. Um, I like the ring rows because you can change the angle of the torso and you can get the rings to the chest, right? To help with that full scapular retraction. So the ring rows are great. The Something very similar to what you said with the chin over the um, bar, the chest to bar, hold at the top. There's a ton of retraction of the scapula at the top, obviously. I like to teach people that band pull apart. Okay, so a scapular band pull apart because I find so many people struggle with retracting, pulling their shoulder blades back, right? Retracting their scapula. So a band pull apart would be a really, really good place with locked elbows performing that movement. And then the other thing I get into is um, regular push ups because in the muscle up, there's a big press right at the top. Um, so I like five to 10 clean pushups. Um, if you can't do a pushup, um, you know, maybe we'll do another episode on getting your first pushup. Uh, but that's something that you're definitely going to need to be able to do to get started on this. So, um, awesome. Wes, all right, next, next level. Where are you taking them? So from there, you know, I'm going to start doing the, we're going to start working through a range of motion. So I'm going to, for the chin up perspective, start doing negative chin ups. Um, Once they've got that good foundation of holding the top Um, and eccentrics are are a good place to go with most gymnastic movements, because ideally, you know, with a negative chin up or a negative any movement. So a negative push up, 
you know, a negative dip where you're just lowering yourself down, we're going to be roughly one and a half times stronger than we are in the the concentric or going up. So it's it's a good way to build strength in that pattern, familiarize ourselves with the movement pattern. Um, so that's why I like negative chin ups. Um, and I, and I like people doing it at a slow tempo, you know, so five, even 10 seconds for each one of those reps. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch of different ways you can program it. Um, generally what I like is when someone can do a 10 minute EMOM, so one rep every minute for 10 minutes of a 10 second lower on the chin up. Oh man, they're ready for a strict chin up strict chest to bar. Um, so, you know, I, I utilize different, you know, sets and rep schemes of negative chin ups for, for that pulling aspect to get them to their chin up. Um, I liked what you included with the ring rows. Um, something else that I use for clients that have access to gyms and have access to cable machines. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of research, not a lot, but I've seen research where, you know, they say the lat pull down or something similar is actually pretty useless for it. But what actually is really good for it is a kneeling lat pull down where you're on your knees and you're sitting tall because you're getting that core engagement. So you're stabilizing your trunk while pulling down. So that seems to have good carryover to the chin up. Whereas like a standard lat pull down, you know, where our, our legs are locked in, it, it doesn't have as good of carryover. I'm sure it still does, you know, cause we're adding muscle mass to the appropriate areas. But um, if people can do a kneeling lat pull down with negative chin ups, that's like a, that's a two for one good bang for their buck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gave a really great protocol there. So I want to reverse and go back to this for people mm-hmm. listening. Um, chin up negatives, um, about a 10 second negative. That's the lowering phase. So step off a box, chest a bar, lower for 10 seconds. And you said on the minute. So you set a timer. So it's on the minute, minute one, two, three, um, for what'd you say? 10 minutes? Is 10, that 10 minutes. Yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're going to step off the box lower for 10 seconds. When you get to the bottom, um, stand on your feet, you have 50 second rest, and then you're going to do it again. And then again, and again, and you're going to do 10 seconds or 10 um, minutes for that. That is a great protocol. This is crazy. Me and you are very similar on our, on this, we're called level two. <laughs> okay. um, I had shit up negatives also band assisted if you need to, but you want to get to body weight as soon as you can. I have on here five reps with a six second negative. Um, Obviously that's generalizing at some level, but we're pretty close. And then I did weighted negatives, 10 to 20 pounds, five reps with a six second negative. Um, We do weighted negatives here and they work really, really well. And that 10 to 20 pound um, range for those reps generally is a pretty good indication. People are going to be able to do a chin up from there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the third thing is a dip negative on straight bars. Um, because again, the second half of the muscle up is a dip. (laughs) Um, but the dip negative is, uh, you know, start in that support position, lower down again, six seconds with, for five reps, you know, I think that's a decent place for people. Um, but for people listening, give that workout a try that Wes said, that's really cool. Um, 10 seconds on the minute for 10 sets and, uh, see how you do, (laughs) you know, 50 50 second recovery is obviously over 10 minutes is not sufficient generally. But again, if you're strong enough, you should be fine. And, and it's funny when I say 10 seconds in my head, like you and I both know this, if you prescribe a 4 XO, yeah. it's more like two and a half. Yeah. So when I say 10 seconds, 
I'm actually hoping for more second, seven seconds, which is funny, which is yours is six. So yep. it puts us a lot closer. Um, and then before we go on, I really want to point out something you keep saying, which I love is step on a box and set yourself up there for the isometric or the negative. A lot of the times I have clients when they first start out, like if they have a doorway pull up bar or something, they'll try to jump up there. And I really um, discourage people to do that because it's, it's this, it's this abrupt movement where we jump up and we're trying to stabilize all of our weight in a range of motion we really don't have control or access to. And it puts a lot of te- or a lot of stress on the tendons and ligaments that you're just not ready for. So stepping on a box, like Josh is saying, you can set yourself up in the correct position, stack yourself, you know, tense everything, and then slowly remove yourself. It would be like, I can't, I'm trying to think of some clever analogy where we're catching like a deadlift. Oh where we're catching a deadlift like midway and, you know, trying to stabilize it with our bet. Like it's just for beginners, it's you're, you're putting a lot of stress on your shoulders and elbows that you don't need to. So I love the stepping up and setting yourself uh cue that you keep using. Yeah. That's um, that's a great point. Like the, that's like me teaching you the deadlift and then sort of tossing you the bar. Yes. <laughs> yes. The there bar we go. That was down. a good one. Here you go. Catch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not a good, yeah. So the, the jumping version, CrossFit did a lot of the jumping chin-ups and pull-ups, which was a joke yeah. for like scaling the chin-up and pull-up, which again, don't do those. Um, yep. Especially with those doorway pull-up bars. I've seen lots of YouTube videos where people jump into it. It falls off the doorway and they come crashing uh, down to the uh, ground. Um, uh, you mentioned a really, really important word that we use here all the time, tension. Um, so when you're able to... Uh, be in control, stepping off a box, you're able to fully tense your body to the bar, whatever position you're in prior to fully releasing, right? And stepping off the box. So you know, you're there versus if you're jumping into anything, it's sort of like just a prayer and a wish, like you're just going for it. And then generally what happens with these people is they drop the first six inches before there's any kind of catch and that yep. top six inches is like very important. Um, so yeah, don't, don't do that. Um, but yeah, the box is definitely going to be going to be the way to go. All right. Um, level three. Um, again, I don't know. I, I have six levels on here. We're just rolling. All right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to organize it for people listening in their minds. So like yep. level three. Um, so where do you take them from there? So at this point in time, you know, once we've got a solid foundation of the eccentrics, we're probably starting to build some capacity of full chest to bar chin-ups now, you know. Um, and at first, you know, it's it's probably going to be a combination of concentrics and eccentrics. You know, maybe we'll get a few reps in of the concentric. Um, maybe we can switch to a band to build a little more volume. But then, you know, maybe we'll get some eccentrics. You know, generally, like, when we're first building that capacity, I like my beginners to be somewhere in like the 10 to 15 rep range, Mm -hmm. you know? So like maybe I'd have someone do five or six strict chin-ups and then they start to gas out. So maybe I'll have them do a few with a, you know, a light band. Like I'm talking about like the, I like that thin band from rogue. That's like, it's like nine bucks. And I think it's 15 pounds of assistance. Um, So, you know, maybe they'll do another five with that. And then they start to gas out. So I'll have them finish with a couple eccentrics just to accumulate a little more volume. Um, and once again, 
you know, I don't know if I'd say this is phase three, maybe this would be phase four, but like to graduate from the chin up, I'd want once again, an EMOM of one rep every minute for 10 minutes performing a full chest bar chin up. Wow. Um, okay. I like um, that a lot. Say that again. So one chest bar chin up every minute for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, typically I like to use that some sort of that protocol before starting to go to, to multiple reps for sets. Mm-hmm. Um, because generally I think of one rep every minute. If you can do one rep every minute, that's the equivalent of being able to do about three reps. Mm-hmm. Um, but people in the beginning, I feel like, you know, whether it's their grip, their mechanics, they they just, they gas out really easily these sets of three. So I like to build a big volume mm-hmm. of singles. And that EMOM is a great way because you have, um, you have limited rest. So you're really challenging your capacity there. Um, so in terms of, and maybe that would be like a level four thing if we, we got six levels here. Um, but to graduate from the chin-ups and start doing multiple chin-ups, I like that EMOM format for at least the chin-up aspect of it. That's really good insight. Um, never thought of that, but I'm, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's going to be good on our end to, to implement that. I like that a lot. Um, you, we keep saying, and I don't want people to ignore this because I, you can overlook this very easily. We keep saying chest to bar. Yeah. We're not talking chin over the bar. Okay. This is a huge difference. And this could be a massive ego check for some people listening to this that are used to doing chin over the bar. You may find yourself starting at level one with this conversation, um, why are we saying and teaching chest to bar? A, that's a full chin up in our opinion. Um, but B, you have to pull the rings to about the nipple line before you turn that corner to, to start the dip on, on a muscle up. And so if you just train getting your, your chin to the ring, you are never going to get over on, onto the top of a muscle up. Um, and so don't ignore that. So my level three what I have something a little different here. Um, I have a 90 degree chin up, um, hold. So 90 degrees or arms. Awesome. Um, yeah. 15 seconds, you know, nothing crazy. I don't have any other protocols there, but I see a lot of people really struggle and a lot of people, what they think is 90 is more like 110. Yeah. A true 90 video yourself. And that's, that's not easy. So 15 second, 90 degree hold. And then you touch on this in level one, this happens to be level three, but it could go either place. I think, um, the, uh, chest to bar hold for, um, stepping off the box, 30 second hold. Um, again, that's a long ass hold, but for me, we're on level three now. So, you know, 20 to 30 seconds, there would be great. Um, hanging, dead hang, passive hang. You mentioned grip strength in the beginning. Um, one minute. If you can't hang for a minute, this is beginner level hanging. Like you need to hang more and you need to get that up to par before you go farther. The last part I have here, um, is a ring support position. Okay. So for people listening, look that up the ring support, um, my last step, I did dip negatives on a straight bar. The straight bar is fixed. A ring support is not fixed because you're on the rings. And now you're going to start to understand the instability with rings with this hold. Um, and I like 15 seconds. Okay. Um, and then I took the same protocol as you with the, with the concentrics. You know, I, I, I'm looking at working people from one to five reps, um, dips one to five reps, and then assisted German hang, okay, for that shoulder extension in the bottom. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <clears throat> if you don't know what the German hang is, look it up. It's shoulder extension. It's going to be very important for the, the bottom of the muscle up. So a few different things there. Um, Wes, your protocol there was, was, is great for the one rep every uh, minute for 10 minutes. Um, and then I added in some isometric holds, which I think people need to be good yeah. with to move forward. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. I don't, I don't know why I just haven't used the 90 degree hold enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, may, maybe it's just because I've been fortunate that all the people that I I've had don't utilize it, but yeah. I think the 90 degrees phenomenal because it, you, you know, with isometrics, you get, um, you're going to get stronger plus or minus 15 degrees. So, you know, if you're holding it at 90 degrees, you're also going to get stronger up to about 105 degrees. And also, you know, 90 minus 15, 75 degree. No. Yeah, that's right. My math is zero. You know, see you're getting above and below that too. And that's typically where people, if they've been training it up to level three correctly, that's where they're going to get stuck. You know, they're going to be able to get out of the bottom, start to generate some momentum and then they'll get about halfway up and they'll start to kind of die down or gas out. Um, and to, and to your other point, and that's why I included if they've done the, the previous levels, because right now I had three guys that came on this month as new clients, and all of them could do about 10 chin-to-bar chin-ups. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, we need chest-to-bar in the training. And they can't they can't come close, but they can do 10 chin. But that chin to the chest, like that, you know, six to eight inches, it's like not there. So I have to start them back at basically the equivalent of our level one right now. So you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like everyone's going to come in at different points and these, these points or these road marks or whatever are, are critical if you want to set yourself up for success later on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, and I think I've seen you post this before. Um, and I agree on our end. five chest to bar chin ups, yeah. right. And then five dips. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's, you don't really need to go a whole lot farther if you're chasing a muscle up. So that's really, really important for people listening. Um, don't be working into 10, 15, 20 yes. chin-ups and pull-ups and this and that. It's not going to help you with the muscle up. If you can do five, so the protocol that we've talked about for level one through three, um, five chest-to-bar chin-ups, you're good to go. If you can do five um, dips, you're good to go. Um, mm-hmm. ring, ring, straight bar, then ring dips. Um, obviously there's a progression there. Um, but okay. So let's say the person's there, let's move on level four. I think it is. Where do you take them from there? So, at the, and would we say at this point in time, they have those, you know, five dips and ring. Okay. Yep. Okay. Perfect. And it, so, sometimes I'll also say three to five. Cause I, I'm not even kidding. I had a woman that she barely had three and we got her a strict muscle up. So it kind of, it no changed. My, yeah. It changed my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so three to five, you know, some people will get it at three, but I think that five is a safer range, like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- once we have a general level of, um, pulling and pushing capacity for me, now it's going to be training the transition because the transition is really where everyone's going to fail. And to your point of, you know, don't train, you know, 10, 15 dips and pull-ups it's because nobody ever fails the pull-up portion of the, the muscle up or the dip, you know, I've never seen anyone make a clean transition and then can't do the dip. Mm-hmm. Everyone fails the transition. And if we break down the transition, I break it down into three components. So it's, it's shoulder extension. So bringing the arms behind you, it's shoulder internal rotation. So I guess you could think of it kind of like throwing a baseball or like, I don't know. Yeah. Throwing a baseball. I can't think of another action. 
Um, and then the other thing is being able to maintain that false grip on the rings. So that's wrist flexion. Um, cause holding that false grip as you transition from the bottom of the false grip pull up to the top of the ring dip, it's what allows you to fall into a comfortable ring dip as opposed to, you know, having this broken bent arm wrist or shoulder position. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those are the three components I'd train. Um, I like a bunch of different things. So for shoulder extension, I really like, I got from you the crab walks and tabletops. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like barbell rollouts mm-hmm. um, and barbell rollouts. You could think of as like a closed kinetic chain German hang. Cause basically you're going to have a barbell behind you. You're going to roll it behind you. And if you were to look at the person from the side, it's the equivalent of like what a German hang is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like a bunch of those shoulder internal rotation something like a sleeper stretch to gain the range of motion. And then also another one I got from you, Cuban rotations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's external on the Ken centric, but as you're lowering down, it's internal rotation. Um, and then false grip strength. You, you probably want to get as specific as possible. So, you know, doing ring rows from a false grip position, false grip hangs. Um, one that I really like is false grip isometric holds where we're holding the rings against the chest, maintaining that false grip. Um, And I think the last point to make with that is most people don't know how to set up a fault. Like they think they have a false grip set up correctly, you know, and it's on like the fat of their palm or their hand. You want it like majority on your rings. Like if it hurts and it's uncomfortable, you know, you're doing it correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the false grip, so many people get wrong. And that's probably the most, I think the most important part here to the the level four. Yeah. Um, so you have the base strength, the, the chest to bar chin ups, and then dips. Um, but if you cannot flex the wrist and the forearm, right? Is the forearm right or the wrist? Yes. Either way, it's a false grip. Um, if you don't know what it is, look it up because you're never going to muscle up without it. You have to be very, very good at performing chin ups with the false grip, ring rows with the false grip, hanging with the false grip, and like Wes said the ring is sitting on your wrist. Okay. Not in the fat, uh, fatty part of the palm. Okay. Most people get that wrong and yes, it is uncomfortable. Welcome to that world. Um, don't think it's wrong. It's correct. Gym, if watch any gymnast train, they live in the false grip. Um, so if you're going to do strict muscle ups, you need to be very, very strong with this. There are lots of people that get to their the proper strength to do a muscle up, but spend another six to eight weeks building false grip strength because they ignored it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, that's my level four is basically what you said. False grip. I like, um, chest to bar, uh, chin ups, um, on the rings with, but with the false grip, I like the German hang stretch. I like those barbell rollouts, the crab stretch. You need shoulder extension exercises and stretches. So you can look that up. People, that want additional variations of that shoulder extension. You need good shoulder extension. Um, and then I go into the ring dips one to five reps. You know, I think they really need to be at that. I had in the prior level, um, up to five straight bar dips, but they need now to be able to do, you know, ring dips pretty smooth. Um, so yeah, I guess, yeah, the main emphasis there, um, on this level is the false grip strength. And then all the variations with false grip strength. Okay. Um, sweet. All right. So let's, uh, this would be level five. I, well, level six for me is the muscle. So like this would be sort of the final touch here. Okay. 
So people are good. They can do chest to rings, um, uh, false grip chin-ups. They can do ring dips. They can do, they have good shoulder uh, extension. How do we piece this together now? So really now for me, it's it's doing a, a movement specific to the muscle up. And really I utilize three. I use three different movements and re- really one of them isn't a progression or regression. It's just like whatever the person wants to do, what they have available. Um, yeah. So I, I'll use either eccentric muscle ups. I'll start there. And I, I got that one from you a long time ago. Um, and it's just amazing because before you and I started, um, training together, I'd never seen anyone use eccentric muscle ups. And like, it's such common knowledge. If I want to get a chin up, I'll do a chin up negative, but no one ever was doing negative muscle ups. Um, so it's, it was, it's such a good way to, you know, solidify the pattern, really focus on the rings against the chest contact. Um, so negative muscle ups is one. And a lot of times negative muscle ups maybe is too big of a jump. So what I'll have people do is when they're at the bottom of the ring dip, I'll have them put a a box out in front of them and lightly spot themselves as they go through that transition. Um, I have that on my YouTube as spotted muscle ups, I believe, or spotted negatives. It's on there. Um, So that's one option, eccentric muscle ups. Um, Another option is I have them do banded muscle ups, actually. Mm -hmm. So I'll just loop a band between the rings and they'll sit on it. So I have them do it in an L sit position. Mm -hmm. So the bands around their butt cheeks. Um, (laughs) I don't like people stepping on the band and doing a muscle up. I feel like, yeah, you're going to take a, a band of the face or the crotch. You're asking dude, for trouble there. Dude, I did that. I am what you just described. <laughs> years ago, it had to be, it was our old uh-huh. facilities, probably six, seven years. Um, I did that. I put the band on my foot and I was, I was yeah. demonstrating for a client, um, a banded muscle up. And I was yeah. obviously able to do that myself, but I wanted to show with the band. It, yeah, yeah. Split, it slipped off my feet. Yeah, Dude, there was like a slingshot that slapped me in the chin. That oh. like did that didn't tickle. It gave me. It took me a second to compose oh, myself. But well, yeah, so don't put it on your feet. <laughs> yeah, well, to to that story at the CrossFit gym that I train at for a while downtown, someone took it to the eye and hit it in their eye. They they couldn't see out of it for like a day and a half. They they got their vision back, but it was like. <laughs> Yeah, put it under the butt cheeks, people. Um, and actually, believe it or not, that L-sit position that you'll be in with the band and muscle up will kind of set you up for a smoother transition because the as you transition, the feet will be in front of you. So it'll, it'll make it a nice um, fall forward, not fall forward, but easier to transition into the ring dip. Mm-hmm. Um, so the band's an option. And with, with all of these, um, typically the band's like... I like, so I use Rogue's colors as an example. Rogue's thinnest band is orange. They have a red one and they also have a blue one. The blue one is like, those are the only three I like for body weight exercises and across the board, whether we're talking chin-ups, muscle-ups, even lever or planche work. Um, You know, the next one up is green and I feel like it has diminishing returns. There's just so much tension. You're just, maybe you're, you're getting some you you feel cool that you can do the movement, but it's not helping you at all. Um, so the bandit is the second one. And then the third variation that I like is what I call a spotted muscle up. So people will, you know, start um, on their knees. So like kind of like you're sitting on your, your uh, heels or to your butt and the rings are hanging under you and you start to pull yourself up. And for the most part, your feet are weightless as you're pulling yourself up. So you're doing more or less a strict uh, ring ring pull up. Mm-hmm. And then when you get the rings to your chest, 
that's when you use your toes to lightly spot you through the transition. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking like, you know, back in the days when you were bench pressing at the YMCA and your friends helping you with the pinkies, like that's how much you want to be helping yourself with the, um, with your feet. Um, you know, cause for a while when I was training people in person, I would actually spot their toes, you know, a little and transition, help them transition through like that bro bench press spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I started doing all remote training, I thought to myself, how can I recreate this? You know, if somebody, for some reason, I don't want to give them negative muscle ups or I don't trust them not hurting themselves with a band. How do I do the spotted variation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I came up with that toe one and I'm sure somebody else did beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the three that I like and they're all interchangeable. One isn't, you know, maybe if I had to put one as the hierarchy, probably the negative muscle up would be like the, the best one, but uh, people have gotten muscle ups by using the other two. Um, so I, I can't say for definitive that one's better than the other. That is the exact three that I had. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, so we nailed it on that one. Um, muscle up negatives. So people are going to jump off a box or step off a box without swinging too much, hit the top of the, the ring dip, essentially. Yep. Then you're going to lower to the bottom of the ring dip, slow through the transition. That's where you're getting your false grip. And then you're going to perform essentially a chin up negative from there. Um, don't be afraid to add a little weight. If those become easy, you know, I like maybe a weight vest or a light belt. You don't need to go crazy. Five, 10 pounds can help for sure. Slow that transition down. Um, the banded version sitting on the band, same thing. I love it. And I love the fact that you brought up that green band because we use the rogue bands too. Um, the green band is like, if you need the green band, you're not strong enough. (laughs) That thing's dangerous too. That could really hurt somebody if that hit you in the face. Yes, yes, for sure. It's like an inch and a half or two inches thick. (laughs) So if you're if you're doing like any of the movements at West End, planch work, lever work, like and you need that green band, you're just not ready. So orange band, red band, blue band from Rogue, and then whatever colors you're using from somewhere else, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so the banded, and yeah, I, I love that. That helps people here a ton. Um, the third being the, what was the third West, um, the smotted one. Oh yes. So you mentioned the variation that I use here with, um, in-person clients was I will hold their toes, just the toes Mm -hmm. and they perform the whole movement themselves. And naturally they press off my hands with the amount they need to get over. Most people don't do much more. And most people won't do not enough, right? They do just enough. So it's a great drill. You said having your feet on or the toes on the ground or on a box, maybe behind you a little bit. Yes. That's a spot. That's a self-spotted variation. I Mm -hmm. really, really like that also. Um, I like that. Like if you have a 20 inch box and you have the rings up overhead and you're holding onto the rings, you're hanging in the rings, a dead hang but your toes are behind you on the box, okay? So your kneecap would be lower than your toes, right? Because your toes are on the box. And then you pull and then you can press off that box as needed to help you with that transition. Mm -hmm. Um, That's it. Like those three movements are the final capstone for people. And so if you're listening and you can do muscle ups or they're sort of shady and maybe not super clean, Go back to this level, level five, I think it is. Um, work these over and over and over, you know, 10 to 20 reps, you know, a session normally is pretty sufficient. 
Um, and those, these three drills can help put the refining touches on making the muscle up easier. So Wes, do you have anything else for people listening? No, I think, I think we nailed, we nailed everything right there. It could be like a a standalone program that you could sell buddy. It was so informative. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's only 45 minutes. Um, so I want people, if you are doing muscle ups, you're going to get better at muscle ups from this video or got your first muscle up, tag us on Instagram. Uh, Wes, what's your Instagram? It's at Dr. Wes Hendricks. Okay. And we are co underscore movement HQ. Um, and then Wes, what's a website people can learn more about you and, and then also your YouTube channel. So yeah, I'd check out the YouTube channel and that's just same thing. Dr. Wes Hendricks. Um, then the website's also drwesshendricks.com. It's it's all the same. Nobody can forget it. Okay. Awesome. That's good branding, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, this was a pleasure, um, for people listening. Um, Wes and I are going to chat more here. I'm assuming down the road with different movements and whatnot. If you like the episode, reach out, say hi, let us know. Um, but this is definitely for 45 minutes of information. That's, uh, that's a few years of coaching right there. So. All right, Wes, thank you for your time, buddy. It was awesome. Thank you. All right, see you, bud.